Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 81. Yes, we have a jam-packed episode planned today, Dan. We do? Sure. Oh. <laughs> it's so early. <laughs> so early. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be saying goodnight at the end of this one. I'm just, it's a so disorienting to have the sun out when we do this. This is like, I think it's the only t- this is only the second time we've ever done one of these during the daytime. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the last time it happened was like on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. All my neighbors were mowing their lawns at the time, too. It was <laughs> awful. I think there were alarms going off in the background of my, my house. Well, you just lived in a terrible neighborhood, so that's to be expected. Oh. <laughs> uh... Okay, so we have Green Lantern Core 56, we have Emerald Warrior number 6, and we have Untold Tales of Blackest Night number 1. Yes, reaching back for this one. Yeah, not like there's going to be Untold Tales of Blackest Night number 2, but it's number 1. I don't know, we could, we could spark a resurgence, you never know. <laughs> probably not. No, no, probably not. <laughs> okay. Alright, so... So Green Lantern Corps 56, man. Hey, before we start, do you remember why they did all these covers for this month? Or it's just a soul with a character in front of it? Oh, oh yes. Uh, actually, it was because DC wanted to kind of reinforce their branding and whatnot. Mm. Um, you know, get like the iconic symbols and uh, images of the characters out there. Yeah. I mean, they every, every now and then they'll do... Something like that, like a line-wide cover theme, and oh, this one was pretty. This I think this was one of their more successful ones. I think all of these look really good. Yeah, it's it's good. Okay. Anyway, so in the issue, we start out on Korar. Sinestro's rallying his troops, basically saying, "This jerk over there in Korar, he injured my dignity, my pride, whatever. Go mess him up." Then we flash back to the present, and the entire Sinestro Corps is on... Oh, they're in the air above Quard. They're basically selling the Green Lantern Corps that's there, you know, the Honor Guard saying, alright, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this. You get out of here. We have a truce. Get Just get out. We're, we'll let you go. Get out. And the Weaponer, who just beat the crap out of the entire Green Lantern Honor Guard, sees... Like, a fraction of the Sinestro Corps and pisses his pants for some reason. So, he rearms the the lanterns, and then we get this, this I almost want to call it passive-aggressive fight scene, where the Sinestro members are firing on the Green Lantern's shields, and the, the Green Lanterns are saying, we have to, we have to fire back. No, we can't, we have a truce. Don't fire unless, that we, we have a truce, don't do it. And the Sinestro Corpsmen are going, we have to shoot at them. No, 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 we have a truce. Only shoot at them if they shoot at you. <laughs> so I guess they're just going to keep doing this until all their rings die or something. Meanwhile, Jon Stewart is getting the Thunderers into the Weaponer's castle to arm them from his armory with all of his crazy super guns and whatever. Then <laughs> then in, in something that I can't really leave as an actual loophole... Kyle realizes, hey, if we just shoot guns at their faces, that doesn't count as breaking the truce. <laughs> so then they start to just punch each other in the face until Sinestro shows up. 
And he's like, all right, let's, you guys, really? Just just stop it. I'm going to take care of this. He starts to fight Leppiner, who is all of a sudden totally ineffective in battle. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay, because Jon Stewart showed up <laughs> heavily armed with a codpiece. So, <laughs> and that's where we are. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I don't think I've been on for any of the reviews for this story arc yet. I thought this issue was better than most of the others. Not by much. <laughs> Not by much. Let's say it had some. It had more cool stuff in it. I think. Um, you know, like Bas- what? Basically, everything Sinestro did. Everything else was bad. <laughs> yeah, like there were certain things of, about this that. I think normally would have pissed me off, except that they did make sense, so I was happy about it. Like the fact that the you know the white energy doesn't automatically take down Sinestro, like that that makes perfect sense because like he had the white entity inside of him. Yeah, I loved how he he recognized it too. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what was coming at him. Yeah, so I mean, like that that was definitely a nice touch. It's like if anybody is going to be able to stand up against white energy, you know, magic gun, it'd be either Sinestro or Hal. Yeah. I love that one page where the Weaponer takes two shots at him and neither of them work. It's just, it's that whole thing you said before about how, you know, you reinforce one person as being really tough so that when they're totally ineffectual against this other person, that second person looks like a total badass. And that's is really effective with this page where like Sinestro barely stops his spike and then the bear trap breaks on his shield. And I liked it too. Yeah. I like uh I like using the claw to pick up Hanu. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little uh ball game. I forget what they're called. Claw machine. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yes. The ball game. You know. <laughs> I-, I think like one of the things that I thought was a little a little boring was the fact that, like the white energy thing, it's like, oh, you you're a very big threat. This is the biggest gun you know my shield has created yet. You're like a child. <laughs> like, you know, like if this if this thing is picking out weaknesses, then, you know, did did it consider that maybe gun <laughs> wouldn't be the best thing for Sinestro? You know, like what about like a construct of his wife or something like that to rattle him or something like that. Are you familiar with the X-Men universe at all? Um, yeah, I think there's a guy named Cyclops over there. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know the character Cypher? Cypher. Yeah, he's one of the new mutants. Is that the one that merged with, like, Doug Locke or something like that? Yeah, he came, his name's Doug. He merged with Warlock. His power was just, like, he could translate any language. Okay. And back in the 80s or so. That was a power? Th- yeah, that was his power, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, and because that was his power back in the 80s he he died he got shot and um i guess he recently came back like in the x-men books for like around second coming or whatever and wolf and they go they're go, they're all gonna go on a mission and wolverine's giving a pep, pep talk to the team he's like and you guys remember doug's one weakness bullets <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, he was, uh, I think he made an appearance in, uh, um, like, Nova, or was it the other Guardians of the Galaxy? 
Really? Why? I, th- I think so. Oh, w- Warlock did. Yeah. He well, Thug wasn't in there. Right. Oh, well, would they separate? Yeah, well, they merged for a while, then they separated, then he got shot. Warlock was still around. Okay, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I see big guns now, and that's what I think of. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, two two issues that I had with this. First, once again, it's like, you know, get him into my castle. I've reinforced each molecule. You know, the, once again, this is like... Like, if, if there was ever, um, you know, like a god, god character... You know, like, oh yeah, um, take him into the, the castle. I've reinforced it with super magic, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like that immediately undercut itself, too. Because he says, what do you say? He said that I've reinforced each molecule. And I immediately think, oh, that's kind of cool. Let's... But then he says, it can, it can handle a comet strike. And then I'm like... I saw Kyle blow up a planet one time. Is that really, <laughs> is that really going to be effective against the Sinestro Corps firing force at it? Yeah, but then, like, what, like, two pages later, three pages later, you have uh, those, those two, you know, banana heads. It's like, <laughs> we're, we're shooting, you know, full strength, and it's not doing a dent. It's, it's so, like, I'm shooting full force. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's like they're, it's like they're, 12. Yeah. I mean, I, I I liked it because it made him... I mean, let's face it, when he fights Sinestro, he doesn't seem very competent at all. But, <laughs> but the whole thing, like, like okay, this guy, he reinforced his stronghold to that extent. It made him... It, it amped him up a little bit. And it's like, okay, that's... it. Like, if you're gonna tout this guy as, like, this ultimate weapons maker, then he should have, like, the most fortified home base in the galaxy, you know? So. I, I agree with that, but by the same token, like, give us an explanation. Like, why the hell is it, you know, so reinforced? How how do you reinforce something so big, you know, and all, all they have to do is be like, oh, yeah, I reinforced every molecule of it. <laughs> I figure he's been in exile so long, and he makes weapons, so... He's just kind of been doing stuff to pass the time. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I'd like to know what he did as opposed to just telling me that, you know, his fortress is indestructible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you like, you know, give me an explanation as to why I should think that this is so indestructible. You know, like, like if you said it's like you know, I tethered every molecule, <clears throat> you know, to a subspace atom so that, you know, it's it's anchored in subspace or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like you know that that doesn't take very long to to say, <laughs> and we have no idea what that would actually do. So for all we know, that could very well create an indestructible castle. Speaking of his castle, let's take a look. Let's look at his armor right here, which is filled with with as he says, weapons deadlier than you can imagine. <laughs> which I I love that. <laughs> which. Alright, he has, I, I see a satellite dish with a fork in it, <laughs> I see a delightful vase, <laughs> there's a Klingon Batleth over there, and I think that's that drone thing from Robocop. Yeah, Robocop <laughs> or um, Warriors or something. 
some kind of Mad Max vehicle. A cannon. <laughs> he just has... He's got, he's got a sword. He's got a couple swords just standing. <laughs> I know. Like, it's like, I, I have, you know, the deadliest weapons you could possibly imagine. A rock. There's a handgun hanging next to a pool skimmer. There's a missile in the background there. What about his... Like, right in front of that missile, there's, like, an old-timey Civil War cannon with a That's stack of cannonballs. That's what I said, cannon. Oh, that I thought you meant one of the other cannons. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's the cannon I was referring to. I I mean, like, like seriously, like, you know, where's where's the wooden board with a nail in it? <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's, that's basically the level of, of weaponry that we're talking about here. Apparently he spent all of his time <laughs> reinforcing those molecules of his castle. <laughs> <laughs> all the really good weapons are in in, in the construction. <laughs> yeah, like like seriously, like you're a weaponier, and the best that you've come up with is like you know couple walls of swords, and and really like you, he's got some stuff on the back of one wall, which is like on the top of something. It doesn't even look like you can access them. <laughs> Yeah, there's... Oh, there is a staircase. Well, yeah, but I mean, like... It, it looks like that's, like, right up against the wall. Oh, yeah. So yeah. how did you get in there to get that whip or something? Or... <laughs> I don't know, like, a feather headdress? <laughs> that looks like a, a bad weapon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like, seriously, like... Okay, the, the mech warriors... Th th those are Those are pretty good. The tanks... Okay, you know, cannons and blasters. I understand that. That's that's good weapons. But really, like, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, oh, and here's a sword. Really? A sword? It's not like a sword that also has a blaster on it? Oh, oh okay, it's just a sword. Okay, fine. Like that, there's just a pile of ammunition in the middle of the room. <laughs> that's that's not dangerous. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he played too much Left 4 Dead and he thinks leaving ammo piles around is perfectly fine. Although... I suppose that, you know, looking at all these weapons, you know, these, you know, swords and knives and some missile launchers and stuff like that, it probably would be an amazing weapon for somebody who carried around a metal lightning bolt. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! He forged the metal into another shape! It has a handle? <laughs> <laughs> I've been poking my hand on this thing forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I said this on the forum. Why didn't just have this guy make himself a ring? Because they obviously want him to have a power ring equivalent. Like, that's that's all the shield and hammer thing does. It basically does the same thing a ring does, except it does its thinking for, it does your thinking for you. Yeah, well, obviously <laughs> it's because they only want Dead Man to have the one <laughs> ring right now. Yeah, well, it doesn't even have to be white. Like the fact that the fact that it's a white net powered whatever has seemed totally inconsequential. It's like, like he could have just made another yellow one or any color he felt like. You know, it it, it and and they even set up at the very beginning of the story arc that oh yeah, by the way, he knows how to make power rings. He's been doing it for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Why does John Stewart need a suit of armor? He he doesn't. <laughs> because, I mean, he could use his ring to create, like, uh, an energy shield for himself. He just can't use the, the ring to create 
like weapons. I would think under their, you know, crazy, you know, no ring rule. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you have an like a, a truce, a non-aggression truce between Green Lanterns and Yellow Lanterns, is it really a loophole to just not use your rings? Like, like, <clears throat> like if you're, you're still a Green Lantern and they're still Yellow Lanterns. But you decide to punch each other, shoot each other with guns instead of using rings. That's that. How how is that a loophole? I I don't know. Do, do you like the the weird bat wing hang glider thing? The one yeah. Guy? Well, yeah, because I guess they ran out of hover cycles that the other one's on. God. Yeah, like that's that's really like the you know the biggest issue that I have this weaponer. Like, you know, I mean, aside from his whole, you know, magic white net shield thing, it's like, okay, well, are you dealing with the technology of Leonardo da Vinci, or are you dealing with the technology of a super advanced civilization? You know, because, like, I don't really feel that they have a place together. Hmm. Or at least not so starkly contrasted. Yeah. I love the art. Yeah. Yeah, it was better this time around. Like, especially that, I mean, that last page with John, despite being weird, it does look good. Yeah. And and that shot where Sinestro explodes onto the scene. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Tyler Kirkham. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely enjoying his art. Uh, I think that's one of the, the highlights of this book right now. Hmm. How about, how about Purple Hulk? Oh, in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. And, uh. Crib with all the babies. Yeah. <laughs> Loading miss- up on babies. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Ar- Arkillo? <laughs> Who can... He has his tongue, he's talking. First I thought, oh, that's not him. But then they said, oh, crap, they just shot Ar- Arkillo. <laughs> <laughs> he grew another tongue back. Uh, <clears throat> that's, that's just... That's, ed- that's editing. They just caught that. Yeah. Both both issues. <laughs> <laughs> Does our kid definitely have his tongue back in this? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. He did that time. Yeah, I remember there was definitely a scene last last issue where he had his tongue. But, I actually uh, thought that was him that was beating up on Kyle. No, that until, was Gunza. Yeah, and then it took the time to say his name. Like, oh god. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, I don't think we actually see the tongue in his mouth. Mm. He says, "Rrr." Obviously, that you need a tongue to do that in the tongue. Yeah, so quick to judge. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about Emerald Warriors? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So, oh, and uh, the the variant cover to this issue, mm-hmm. um, it hooks up to the variant cover from the last issue. What was them? <laughs> the last issue was uh, like a bunch of Green Lanterns on the cover facing to the right, and uh, this one, the variant cover, was a bunch of the Sinestro Corps facing to the left. Oh, were those the Gleason variants? I uh, probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, those are nice. Some nice covers. And if you look very closely, well, you don't even have to look that closely. You see uh, Arkillo with his tongue hanging around his neck. Ah, uh, see, some people know. Some people know what's up. Yeah. Well, you know, he's just gonna have a tongue that you know pops in and out of there. Like a party trick. Detachable tongue. It's like that thing where you look like you're taking your thumb off. Yeah. 
That's exactly what that is. It's actually not going to be anything like that. No, no, it's not. <laughs> okay, so uh, Emerald Warriors number six. You know, this starts out with Arissa and uh, Kilowog being like super pissed off at Guy because he didn't tell him about his prophecy. And uh, he explains the prophecies a little more, you know, because all we got was just like the big vague images last issue. Uh, he didn't explain all of the prophecies, but um, some of them. Um, yeah, Kilowog and Aresia, they have, like, no interest in hanging around Guy, though. It's like, listen, you know, you, you lied to us. You know, how could you after everything we've been through? It's like, I can't even look at you right now. And Guy's like, you know, listen, let me make it up to you. I'm sorry, I'll earn your trust back. And they're like, nope, too late. And they leave. I'm wondering if that had something to do with mind control, but, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. So... So Guy is left with Blees, and, you know, he's kind of irritated, but he's like, oh, well, that's it. You know, I'm flying solo on this one. Time to go, you know, do what I got to do. Then we click over to, uh, I guess, New Daxum, shall we call it? Uh, We may as well for now. Yeah. So New Daxum, where Saddam Yat as uh, Saddam Yat. (laughs) So does Saddam Yat. (laughs) God, you, you know, that's... It's kind of appropriate for the situation, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Saddam Yassin. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Saddam Yat, he, uh, he's glowing, and his power levels are approaching 400%. And uh, some kids notice, they wake him up, and uh, they're like, uh, what was all that about? And he's like, oh, I must have been dreaming. <laughs> you know, here in unknown sectors, anything can happen. It's not even me. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a little odd. Here in the unknown sectors, I'm sure you were dreaming. Doesn't really fit, but whatever. So uh, he notices something green flying across the sky. He goes out, and it's the the dead bodies, the lantern rookies that were slaughtered last issue. That you know they all killed themselves through mind control. And there's some kind of like space rats that are eating the bodies. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah. Sodom Yadam is, uh, you know, he's trying to attack them to, you know, get them away from the, the bodies. And uh, all of a sudden, he is now under control of Car Door. <laughs> okay, so then we were, now we're over on uh, Kralok, the planet where Car Door is. And uh, Guy and Blees are, you know, kind of scoping out the scene. And there's like a ring of. Um, I guess sentries like going around the planet protecting, you know, the planet from anybody coming on. And they gotta figure out a way to get past them and Blees vomits up a red knife and <laughs> it. it flies through the heads of every one of these sentries, knocking out every single one across the entire planet. Not even just across, around the entire yes. planet. <laughs> yeah, it goes right around the entire planet. It kills every single one of them, right through the brain. Um, <laughs> very impressive work. They fly down there, and uh, in two shakes, they're in. They're in the psychic pool, the eye pool, and uh, they got to try and figure out what's going on. They, f- they find the room of telepathic clones and realize that Cardor, his, his name is actually Zardor, we're, we're going to continue to call him Cardor. 
and uh, he's like building a, a giant mind gun. And that's when the confrontation begins with Cardor. He's, you know, attacking them. He's using his snakes. Um, he's trying to take over, you know, Guy's mind. And uh, Guy is fighting it, but he's, he's not having a lot of luck controlling his ring. Belize is just kind of like, you know, flailing aimlessly. He can't take over her mind because of the rage. But she can't really do much, you know, herself anyway, being attacked by all the snakes. And, uh, you know, Guy is still fighting it, and just just as you think, like, okay, well, maybe he's going to lose, maybe he's going to win, maybe something's going to happen with the, the Red Lantern, whatever. We don't find out, because who comes on the scene? Sodom Yat, who is shooting red laser beams out of his eyes at Guy Gardner, because... He is under the <laughs> telepathic control of Cardor. Yeah. So there you have it. That when you look at their, when you look at the defenses of this planet, and you see this very even single line of sentries, right? <laughs> going around, basically like going around the equator of this planet. They could have just just gone. <laughs> they could have just gone to like either pole. And just waltz right in. I mean, I, I agree that their defenses could have been a little bit better. But, uh, I don't know, maybe they have some kind of, like, system worked out where if somebody starts coming towards the north, then, like, you know, people from that part of the equator head north to block them off. Well, that leaves the equator open. So then, but, and, I mean, they, they have two people. Send one to, to distract them and the other to go in. But then you you have the other people that are at the equator. All right, and then and you're just all right. You're starting out with an inadequate number of guards, and you're just spreading them thinner and thinner. Listen, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I it's it's what they have. It's what they had available. They didn't have enough speeder bikes. <laughs> they're they're working on building more guns. And it's not as easy as you would think finding recruits who just want to hang out in space guarding a planet. You should really talk to the weaponer. Make some more, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he can give him a good deal on spears. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you throw a spear in space... And it'll never just, stop. They'll just, they'll just go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you notice there's an underwater city below that mind lake? Yeah, with eyes on everything. Yeah. Like an old civilization. Oh. You think that's going to have an effect on anything? Maybe. That's going to be a reference? That's a weird thing to throw in there. It is. Yeah, I think, like, my only issue with this... This, uh... This... Well, this issue... (laughs) Was, like, you know, how Aresia and Kilowog, you know, got so angry and they're just, like, deserting Guy. You know, because, you know... Okay, I understand that he's hiding stuff, but by the same token, like, you know, he teamed up with Ganthet, and they're they're trying to, like, save the universe from some hooded dude. I think it's consistent with with the way Kilowog's been acting since Blackest Night. Like a bitch? (laughs) Oh, I don't know, I didn't think it was out of character right now, because Kilowog has been... Like, considering what he just saw happen five minutes ago, 
with like all those r- rookies killing themselves and how he's been reacting to it and how Arisi has been like <clears throat> like really emotionally high strung lately. Yeah. I I could definitely see them both just getting pissed off and leaving. Yeah. But by the same token, they are in the domain of a guy that, you know, is like totally amped up on psycho juice. Yeah. Well, I also questioned where they were going because I don't know if they were necessarily going back to to the marked sectors or if they were going to go ahead with with the mission on their own. Or, I mean, hell, on the la- I expected the last page reveal to be, like, Arisia and Kilowog showing up under mind control instead of Sodom. I like the fact that they... Because, I mean, it, they're, they're going through the motions at first of, like, you know, two of the good guys are pissed off at another one of the good guys, and he said, look, I'm sorry, I messed up. You gotta help me, right? And they just said, no, bye. Yeah. I was like, I was like oh, that's actually kind of interesting, because it's not what you normally get. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Um, I thought it was totally weird that Bleeze is just off in the background trying to eat the red ball. Yeah, that's great. And she does. She finishes. <laughs> oh, she eats the whole thing? Yeah, because look, look at the, see oh, the page where she, she's latched onto it. She's just, like, eating it. And then you turn the page where they see the yeah. contract of Corona, and she's just done. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> she's got blood all over her. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's like pudding to her. She loves it. <laughs> <laughs> pudding. Yeah, the art on this one, Fernando Passarin. You know, typically I've I've really enjoyed it. I will say though that his his uh image of all the entities mm-hmm. that that was a little that was a little off. Why? Well, like look at Parallax and look at the Predator. Where is Parallax? Oh, there he is. Yeah. Eh. It, it looks like a fly man. It's it's just a distance thing. Cuz remember the um the blood mural? Yeah. Like the stuff that was further away or smaller or whatever had like dramatically less detail to it, but the stuff that was closer up didn't. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, look at but the, what about the predator? The predator just looks like an armadillo. Yeah. I, I would say that's well that's that's like a, a rare misstep for you know for this artist. Yeah, so Sodom Yad is under mind control now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I thought so I, I really didn't think the whole maybe Sodom Yad is the power drain was gonna go anywhere because I thought, oh the, we know Krona has it's Krona yeah, it's Krona. We know Krona has has uh Ion and based on like what he was saying to Hal Jordan and like the last issue or whatever, he can he has some domain now over the green energy. So maybe that's what's taking like maybe Krona, now that he possesses Ion, is actively siphoning off the energy himself. Yeah. But and then we get this and we're like, oh no, it is Sodom yet. Well, well you know. <laughs> well, I I I, de- I don't think that it's necessarily definitely still Sodom yet. What do you think is happening to him? <laughs> well. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but like, we don't know for sure that he's siphoning the energy off of the power battery. I don't know. I mean, he, the ring he has now, he definitely got from Krona, and when he's asleep or whatever, he go, it put, he goes into some kind of trance, and his ring, what does it say? Power ring consumption in progress. Right. And then 
it slowly starts ticking up and up and up. So, like, at a time where other rings are ticking down very gradually, his is accumulating more very gradually. So it's, oh. it's a very, like, one-to-one kind of thing, I think. Oh, wait. Okay, now I'm starting to make the connection that you're saying as far as he got this ring from Krona, yeah. and Krona has Ion. Yeah. So, so maybe Krona is using Ion to siphon the power and then put it in Sodom Yat? Maybe, or maybe it's just the ring doing it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That also makes Sodom yet pretty goddamn dangerous again, too. Yeah, yeah. As if he wasn't dangerous enough already with the powers of Superman, basically. And his religious cult. <laughs> yeah. And his own design. Yeah. That's weird. That's gonna be on a t-shirt someday. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, what I love in the, uh you know, near the back of the book, like the con- confrontation between Cardor and Guy Gardner. And, you know, you got this, the flaming sword just comes down and Guy Gardner just like creates like an energy fist around his arm. Yeah, I like that. It's just like, it's not even like a construct. It's just like, like the glow of his ring. It's like fighting it all. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not clearly defined. But it's just like energy, and it's strong, and it's fighting off Cardor. Yeah, well, it's his. It's his own willpower. It's not even. It's not even a weapon. It's just his sheer force of will doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because he can't create any constructs because of the mind control. Until two panels later. <laughs> well, I mean, even that though is just like, you know, like a very basic, you know, sword type thing. You know, he's just using it to like pry him off. Yeah. What do you think of this bit where Cardor says, "You're probably wondering why I don't just have you blow your head off like I did with those others, or why you're having trouble using your ring for and making constructs?" But that would be telling, and some things are bad left unsaid. Yeah. Like, do you think there's anything to that, or oh, is yeah. it like, yes. like, do you think it's just a matter? Because I thought to myself, well. He's still got the Red Lantern-ness in him, and he just flat said, like, that makes Bleez kind of, kind of, a uh, whole different story, control-wise, or is it, are they going somewhere else? I think, you're probably wondering why I don't just have you blow off your head like the others. I think it's because he can't. Yeah. I think right now, he does not have enough control over Guy to, to be able to do that, and... You know, as to why he's having trouble forming constructs, that's because he's trying to attack him, and he's trying to get into his mind. You know, and the other aspect to why he doesn't have his head just blown off could be the the Red Lantern, you know, the latent Red Lantern power in him. And, you know, like, he doesn't want to let him know because if he consciously, you know, utilizes that, then, you know, Cardor is going to have that much more trouble trying to get at him. Yeah, that's, it's weird, though, because, like, why would, why would they present it that way? Because, I mean, even if you don't want the characters to know, just don't, just don't say that. Or, like, like, I mean, it it strikes, and this is just to me, like, from a reader's perspective, it seems like, like, an obvious 
thing like that. Like, like I even said, like, oh, maybe it's because of the Red Lanternness in him or whatever. And if you don't want to flat out say that in these panels, because you're going to turn around next issue and close off the first trade of the series with Red Lantern Guy Gardner again or something, then just either don't have these two panels of dialogue or replace them with something completely different. But it's like, it's like, I, it feels like they're trying to be coy and tease when, when it's not that hard to figure out. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, well, even if we suspect that it's Red Lantern energy, you know, that's somehow, you know, the, the X element in all of this. We don't know, you know, how it's going to be utilized. We don't know how it's going to interact with Cardor. I mean, and he, even with the, the, the red energy, it please isn't doing all that great herself. Mm-hmm. You know, like she can't be controlled, but she's, you know, she can't really do much of her own. So we, we don't, it's not like we know, like even if we suspect that it is red lantern related, we don't know. So it's just like, it's just kind of like goading you on. And another thing, it's causing Guy to like think about other things as he's trying to fight off the this mental attack. Mm, I guess. You know, like, okay, well, if you're trying to break somebody's mental defenses, you know, why not give him riddles to try and work on so that he doesn't focus on the mental attack that you're throwing at him? It's like Spider-Man. <laughs> Okay. Like he's that's why he's always like talking and joking at the people he's fighting to keep them off their game. Oh, okay. Where'd that giant snake come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, just, it grew. It's just eight bleeds. Just... <laughs> We're trying anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, by by the end of this one, you know, with Sodom Yat like zapping him with the, the laser blasts. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, that's gotta be, like, the the thing that causes him to go Red Lantern. Yeah. Well, he shoots him in the heart. So yeah, I I, I would hope. Uh, and also the you know the next the next issue's gonna be there will be blood. Yeah. Did you read this this backup promoting DC Universe Online number one like the tie-in series to that? Oh God, I have no interest in this. <laughs> in in the backup or the game? The the well the backup. I don't have a lot of interest in the game, but definitely no interest in the backup. You know they're doing a, they're supposedly bringing Green Lanterns into it through an expansion pack or something. Yeah, I heard. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I I I don't. Oh God, I just have no interest in this. Because it's not, it's not DC. It's the game. What do you mean? Well, you, like look, you know, these these comics is like the world is basically over and the villains are winning, and you know, you get the impression that even if the the good guys come back or come back utilizing the help of you know characters that we create in the game that the Earth is still going to have to be rebuilt, like, you know, and it's going to take, like, a long-ass time. So it's not in DC continuity. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, the whole, the tying it in with a comic miniseries or whatever, that's an odd move. I don't know exactly. I mean, obviously, like, the target audience is the people playing the game, but. Well, yeah, because, uh, what do you call it? Um, there was, I, I don't, I don't remember what video game it was, but they put out a game and they gave a free comic away with the game so that for every purchase of the game, it also counted as a purchase of the comic. Really? And it ended up being like, I don't know, one of like the top comics. You know, they, they sold like a million copies of the comic or something like that. Or... What, the, DC did this or someone No, it wasn't DC. It was somebody else. But uh, I, maybe it was DC. But whatever it was, uh, Prototype or, you know, Gods of War or something like that. And they sold, you know, they sold in quotes... <coughs> So many of these comics, because they were giving it away free with the the game, that it made them look like you know superstars. As far as this is how many comics, you know, we got out into people's hands. That's such bullshit. That's like that's like that's like if if like Milky Way or something starts printing comics on the inside of their candy bar wrapper <laughs> and saying, "Oh look, we move, we sold old eight hundred thousand." copies of this comic in a week isn't that amazing yeah yeah exactly so stupid so i think that's what they're trying to do and i think tomorrow the first issue comes out for that dc online comic yes if you're out there and you're reading that let us know if it's any good <laughs> won't be getting it <laughs> oh no, no no rob's been obsessed with that game though he got it and he he basically wakes up Eats, plays DC Universe online, then it's time for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll hang out with people for a little while. Well, is, isn't it for, like, the PC and for PS3? Yes. Yeah, so I don't have PS3, and my computer is not, like, you know, top of the line in terms of speed or anything like that, so. Mm. And plus, don't you also have to pay, like, a subscription to play online? Yeah, it's, like, 15 bucks a month or something, which I had heard, I thought... I read or heard or something that it was supposedly going to be be uh be free. I don't know exactly how that works, but when I heard I found out like a week or so ago that no, it's like fifteen bucks bucks a month. I was like, what? Wait a second. I thought, but yeah, yeah. No thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll probably well, I'll probably I'll almost certainly get a Green Lantern video game when it comes out for the movie. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, hopefully they'll have it for the Wii. Oh, they do. They will. Yeah, they definitely will. That was listed. Because so I think that would be an interesting uh, system to play it on. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm ex I'm excited about them putting out a Green Lantern video game. I'm fully expecting all of the negative things about movie tie-in games to be attached to this in full force. Yeah. But, but it's gonna be cool anyway. Yeah, I, I've. I've always wanted a Green Lantern video game. In fact, there was one that they, like, were talking about, like, many years ago um, for, like, I think Game Boy Color. Oh, God. And it worked on the same system that um, A Boy and His Blob would work. Hmm. Whereas, like, with that one, like, you threw a jelly bean to your blob and it would turn into different things. Yeah. So it would be, like, that kind of system as far as, like, you select from the menu what construct you want to create 
you know, and, and you would use that to, you know, get through the levels. I remember playing X-Men Legends and thinking to myself, oh my god, they could do a Green Lantern core video game with this, and it would be perfect, and it would work like this, and you you go to Mo... It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see how yeah. it turns out. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we move on to Untold Tales of Blackest Night. Yeah. In the back of the Green Lantern core issue, yeah. the very last page, the DC Nation page, uh-huh. did you see that shot of all the, uh, the Lantern cosplayers surrounding Dan DiDio? Oh, yes. That was cool, isn't it? Yes. You got the one orange lantern right behind him about to grab his face. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm actually friends with a couple of these people on Facebook. Me too, um, uh, the girl in the, the blue lantern to the left in the hood. Okay. That's, that's Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, now we have Untold Tales of Blackest Night. Yes. This is, I almost want to think of it as an anthology book, but it's not really, but it kind of is. Yeah, it's an anthology book, except that the stories are not all complete. Kind of like an anthology book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got, I mean, there's, I don't think there's even any point of, like, summarizing them one by one. It's like, you want me to like a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Tell them what we got. Okay, well, you start out with uh, the bookends on this one are uh, Lissa Drac, you know, being caged up in the Book of the Black. You have, uh, what do you call it, Ragman, all of his, uh, you know, all of the rags on his costume uh, have been recalled by Necron. So every soul that was on his, his suit has been, you know, given a Black Lantern. He ends up being naked. The uh, the Rainbow Raiders, they decide that they're going to kill themselves, so that way they're on the, the winning side of Blackest Night. Unfortunately, nobody cared about them, so they didn't get brought back. <laughs> um, you had uh, Animal Man, Buddy Baker. Um, that was a nice little story as far as, uh, you know, he's fighting off a bunch of in, you know extinct animals to save his family. And then, you know, he ends up getting turned into a Black Lantern and and then a White Lantern again. Um, and he gets a message from the White Lantern entity, which is pretty interesting. Uh, then you have a completely boring story about Donna Troy and, uh, I don't know, Cassie or whatever. You know, how she's fighting, becoming a Black Lantern. And Dove is, like, trying her best to prevent her from being a Black Lantern. And it means absolutely nothing, and she turns into a Black Lantern anyway. And uh, Cassie has to fight her. And that's that with that. We got a neat little story with uh, the Scarecrow, as far as him, you know, it expands on him getting his yellow ring. You know, that that, that was kind of cool. And then uh, and then the story by Ethan Van Skyver, story and art, about uh, Carousel and... Like, she's actually confronted by the, you know, the Black Lantern versions of those three animals, you know, that raised her. And that was pretty neat. And then, you know, the book closes again with Alyssa Drac, who is now going to be the bookkeeper for Krona, the Hooded Guardian. Best one of these, as far as I'm concerned? Rainbow Raiders. <laughs> really? <clears throat> I, no, I really, really like this. It was just this quick two-page thing where these 
like Z-list villains who never even got a chance to fight the Flash just say, you know what, the world's gone to hell, we may as well be on the winning side, and they basically they do your your classic suicide pact where they just they all they all say cheers and drink some poison. They drink assume, the Kool-Aid. Yeah, they assume they're gonna be resurrected as Black Lanterns, and then <clears throat> they're lying dead on the floor. You got the the Flash's transmission saying, as far as we know, only the dead with an with emotional ties to us are rising. The rest are staying in their graves, and it just ends on like a quiet note that these people they just killed themselves for absolutely no reason. Because yeah. they're not going to resurrect because not only did they, they didn't, in every sense, they didn't matter to anybody. <laughs> not, to, not to the readers, not to the, the heroes. The Flash probably doesn't even know they exist. Yep. So, I, w- I actually, I really wish they kept that in Blackest Nights. It's really, I don't want to say powerful, but that was a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely good. Um. The thing that I thought was really weird was the whole Ragman thing. Well, I thought it was... <laughs> I laughed, because I thought it was, like, un- almost uncomfortable. Because, like, like the- they have the Rise panel, and you just got Ragman. He's completely naked. <laughs> and then the next panel, you have... Look at Blackhand's face. As he just <laughs> looks at... He's just looking at Ragman's junk, going, hmm. Oh... <laughs> uh... Yeah, but they came out with a Ragman um, one-shot. Oh, does that... What does that do with this? Huh? Does that do anything... Does he reference the fact that he got all of his souls ripped away or anything? Um, I didn't read it, but I don't think so. I, I think um, it was just a story about Ragman. So yeah. I, I guess he's still alive or something like that, but I, I don't know. It'll be weird to see... like. How would that person start from scratch, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, this is just kind of like, like, okay, I wanted to know what what happened to Ragman in Blackest Night. You know, like, this makes a lot of sense. Okay, all of his souls are ripped away. But to not tell any story after that? Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, his battle with them. And, you know, okay, does he get the costume back? Like, it's not in here at all. Yeah. And I gotta say, love Evan Hayes. But I don't like the way he jacks up Black Hand. Like Black Hand as a character, like I think he he's so associated with death and everything. Like he would look so much creepier if he was like really just scrawny and thin. Like like have you have you seen trailers or commercials or whatever for that? Um, I don't know what it's called. It's some boxing movie where this guy's trained to be a fighter and. And uh, Christian Bale is this his really like emaciated looking friend. You're talking about the fighter. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like in those in in those trailers, like Christian Bale looks like the kind of guy who you should be scared shitless to fight because he's just like like it would almost be like fighting a wild animal or something or like a rabbit dog or something. Like he has he has. Like if he if you like a cornered, you know you know what I'm trying to say. Like if he gets into a fight with you, he's going to like do absolutely anything he can think of to kill you or take you out. And like that's the kind of kind of presence I want to see William Hand convey instead of like the cliche like buff super person. 
Well, I just assumed that was because he had the black entity in him. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, the Animal Man story. Did you? I did. Why? It was cool. Like you got to see. Well, first off, I like the page with all the extinct animals coming at him. Mm. Because that that was just cool. Like, okay, you know, you have all of these you know people coming back. You know, who's going to you know get at Animal Man? Well, not that it's really going to get hit, get at him psychologically, but the way that his powers work, it's it's neat that you know you would have these extinct animals, and it's just cool looking with the dodo birds and the mastodons and everything like that. I mean, it read to me like they were just doing like a, one big setup story for something to do with Animal Man later. Well, yeah, I, I got that too, but it was a nice springboard for that to happen, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, you are the animal elemental, their protector. But be warned, there is another. Like all animals, you continue to evolve, your DNA changing. There is so much more you can do, so much more you must do. And then it says, uh, accept your duties, utilize all your abilities before it's too late, before the extinction. I Like this, this is cool because like this is actually setting something up, you know, for the future. Yeah, but I mean... I just counted. This is one of the longer stories in this. This is 12 pages long. Yeah. And I read it, and I felt like I didn't read any story. Like, it was, it felt like it was just, they just loaded it up with beats that were supposed to feel big, but they didn't because it was just a collection of big beats. It's like, oh my god, here's every extinct animal ever. Boom. Oh my god, he's... Necron's talking to him, boom. Oh my god, he's a Black Lantern, boom. Oh my god, he's a White Lantern, boom. Oh my god, he's the the elemental of whatever, boom. Oh, he's gonna. T- I'm gonna take control of my destiny. Done. I'm like, what? What did I? I feel like I got as much substance out of reading this as I would have if I read like the Wikipedia article about it. You know? Well, I mean, I don't think. Well, they didn't. There's so much with Animal Man that. Well, for one thing, you could have had a one-shot easily. And that probably would have been better. <laughs> yeah, that would oh, I would have liked that better. And, like, you, you possibly could have even, even gotten, like, you know, a Blackest Night, Animal Man, th- you know, three-issue series. And I, you know, conceivably would have picked that up. The only thing that would have made me leery on that is the whole fact that, like, that the last days of Animal Man, mm. that putrid horrendous series that came out not too long ago yeah you know i think that would have anybody being you know, a little gun shy on animal man and this this kind of like you know serves to kind of you know put him back in the light as far as why you should like animal man i mean i like that page where the white entity's telling him all that stuff yeah but like like this like this felt to me like like the the rainbow raiders one was two pages long and I got so much more out of that in terms of, like, caring about what was going on with those characters. And with this, like, like it was 12 pages, and I thought that one page with the white entity talking to him was cool, but other than that, like, like I was like, what did I, it, what did I just read, you know? Uh, you know, it's just like, it's like a touchstone page, you know, a piece with, with Buddy and his family before they do anything else with him. Have they done anything else with him? Not yet that I've seen. Mm, well, at least this was worth it. <laughs> well, hopefully we get something. I'm I'm wondering what this extinction event is. 
Yeah. It's cool. It's I, I like seeing stuff like that where it's like, you know, you got the ripped up Superman's cape, the banged up power battery, you got the uh the bow and arrow from uh the the bow from Green Arrow, the cowl from Super from Batman, and it looks like uh the golden lasso and the hawk wings. It looks like that cover to Infinite Crisis with Superboy standing on it among all that stuff. Then you had the Donna Troy story. Yeah, I mean, am I am I wrong? Did was that good? That that looked like that that seemed worse to me than the Animal Man story. I feel like nothing happened here. Nothing did happen. It was it was pretty much it. it I think it looked better than the Animal Man story. This is this is Ed Benes when he's not doing a completely awful job like in Green Lantern Forty Nine, but, but um, I don't know this one. I liked better than the Animal Man one. I don't know why. I oh god, I, there's there's absolutely no way that I could ever agree with that. This one actually maybe it's because this one actually had a good narrative to it, but it was just this was horrible. This was like this was basically like you know redoing the the last pages of Titans, the the Titans Blackest Night story, into you know the the Wonder Woman story and some pages from Blackest Night. All this was covered. You know? Yeah. The only thing that wasn't covered was Dove you know, shooting her with Dove energy. And that <laughs> didn't do a damn thing. It's like, you know, oh yeah, we have to try with Dove. And, oh yeah, I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Nope. Not at all. Now she's a Black Lantern. Yeah. I guess that's why I, have, I guess that's why I like it better than the Animal Man story. I'd rather reread that stuff from a different character's angle than read the Animal Man story. Yeah. With the Animal Man story, it, like you even had some funny bits as far as like uh, the kid asking, "Well, is Starfire coming?" <laughs> yeah, that one bit was okay. That yeah, one, that, that was, was good. Cute. Okay, um, how about how about the Scarecrow story? I think it's ironic. I think within two episodes, we're covering. Possibly the only Green Lantern work by Brent Booth. <laughs> he did he did the Larflees Christmas special. That was him. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, this was all right. <laughs> I know this is the one that I went into this with the highest expectations for because I love the idea of of Yellow Lantern Scarecrow. It makes so much sense. I want more of it. I was hoping this is what we would get. I was hoping that we would get like what Yellow Lantern Scarecrow did when he wasn't on panel during these issues or whatever, you know? Yeah. He could have been doing anything. It turned out just to be, like, it was just his origin as a Yellow Lantern with, some with like, three pages of stuff happening in his mind. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was reading that right, right? Like, yeah, as yeah, soon no, as definitely. that... Yeah, as soon as that ring lands on his finger, everything that happens between that and the last page of the of the story are all in his head. Yeah, it's like that's the induction process for him into the Sinestro Corps. Yeah, I like the touch that um, it's the the Batman that's going after him is the it's the graffiti on his building. Yeah, it was good. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's okay. I still don't know how I feel about his art, because it's, especially here, more so in the Larflees thing, like, it looks very, and I say this a lot about artists, it looks very image comics-y. Well, he, 
he did the was it Anita Blake? Oh, that Vampire Hunter. Yeah, at Marvel. Like, the, as as soon as I you know started reading the story, like you see this, the woman looks exactly like Anita Blake. <laughs> oh God. I, I mean, it, it might actually be her. I, I'm not, <laughs> not actually sure, but like you know, the, the skirt and the the shirt. It's like, oh, it's the guy that draws Anita Blake. I wasn't thinking that when I read the Larflee special because, you know, he draws Larflees a lot differently. He's not wearing a skirt at all. Yes. What'd you think of the, uh, the Carousel story? Or as I like to call it, probably your favorite story. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I like the Animal Man story more, but... Oh, what the hell, man? <laughs> God. I like the Animal Man story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you like a lot of things. Um, I thought it was... Is this the first time we've seen Van Skyver write as well as draw? Like, has he just been the writer on anything before? Uh, I think uh, Cyberfrog. I'll take your word that that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that he has done writing in the past, but uh, I think this, this may be the first time... Well, this is definitely the first time we've seen it in the Green Lantern universe. Yeah. I enjoyed this. I, if since since Van Skyver is just art wise, because I've been very critical of Van Skyver's work of late, and this was like a complete 180. Like this is, this is, this is like Green Lantern Rebirth Van Skyver yeah. for the most part. And yeah. like this is, like if if you ever want to see, like like take a take a lit a later issue of Flash Rebirth. And put it next to this, and just page through both at the same time, and you'll see why I'm I'm critical of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the art, like you said, it, this is right out of uh, of Rebirth. Uh, it's this is like Advanced Skyver at his best, art wise. Yeah. yeah. So story wise, I liked it too. I thought it was a great story. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I kind of you kind of roll your eyes at is how all of a sudden these dogs can talk, but they kind of needed to. For the plot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's Black Lanterns. I mean, like, you know, why yeah. not? Now, the only, the only like catch to this is that this is after there was like a kind of like a truce between the Green Lanterns and the Yellow Lanterns. And <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, and clearly, you know, she violates that truce. Yeah, there's there's bound to be friendly fire. In Air Bunnies during any war. Yeah, I mean, like, I I completely understand her doing it. That makes sense. You know, the the only thing, you would wonder if there was any repercussions afterwards, which obviously there were not. If only she had pulled out a handgun and shot him in the face, then there would have been no problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God. (laughs) So, uh, so now Lissa Drac is the the bookkeeper for, uh, Krona's new epoch. Yeah, whatever that means. Well, not the word epoch, but I wonder what his book's gonna be called or about. What what the hell is Krona doing? <laughs> like, he's gonna need it documented apparently. Yeah, he, I don't know. I yeah. like the I like the art detail that um, it's a, it's a perspective thing. Like the the symbol on the book of the black. It's not just flush against the book cover. It's like the circle is against the cover. But the hand part extends in front of the cover, so it's like 
if you're below it, it looks like it's all together, kind of. It, it was just neat. It was on the page where Corona's reaching into the book. Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like a hologram thing. And we got to see Gleason on art again. Yeah, that was cool. Now, did, um, did Lizard Drax, or Lizard Drax, did, uh, Van Skyver create this Green Lantern just for this? Because I don't remember him. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but knowing Van Skyver, like, he easily could. Yeah. So. He's, and he, he was a co- like, he designed, uh, Carousel, right? Yeah, he, well, he designed, I think, all of the Sinestro Corps. Yeah, so it's nice seeing, I, the more I read of Justice Sinestro Corps doing stuff, the more I like seeing them just do stuff, because they're a lot of fun. Yeah, and to have Ethan Van Skyver, you know, doing art on that, it's like, you know, okay, well, this this just fits. Yeah. On the first page, two two last things. On the first page of the story, mm-hmm. that uh, you got the black cloud-like hand reaching down for the the yellow battery. Thought that looked, that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Like that could even just be like oncoming swarms of black lanterns that just happen to be in a hand shape or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that that one yellow lantern with all the pins in her face. She's like, huh, this will be a ticklish death. I might even enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a cool a cool character design on that one. Yeah. But yeah, so Untold Tales of Blackest Night. Number one of question mark. <laughs> well, you know what I just realized? What? The uh on the first page, like that black lantern. Um that's like uh creeping up from the left on the second panel. Yes. Looks exactly like Nosferatu. Wait, in the second panel? Okay. Yeah, the, you have the the the, the Carousel story. Oh, if, I thought you meant of the issue in general. Oh okay. no no no. Oh yeah, he does. Wow. Yeah. Which, huh. knowing Van Skyver being like a huge movie buff, he probably put that in on purpose. Yeah. So. Cool. But let's uh, take a quick break. Yes. Come back with some other stuff. Yep. Okie doke. By authority of the mystic guardians of the universe, on the far distant planet Oa, Al Jordan test pilot becomes the Green Lantern, a cosmic crusader whose magical power ring at his bidding accomplishes the impossible. In his continuing fight against interplanetary evil, Green Lantern... Guardian of the Galaxy! Okay, and we're back, and what do we say? We play a voicemail? Voicemail, let's do it. Hey, I was referencing uh, item 77 named Paul Morado. Uh, but talking about the non corrupt guy that took on the blue entity, my problem with that issue, or just that whole concept, you know, you're talking about. Uh, Christ figure with the ultimate compassion, I look at it realistically more as like a narcissist, very, very, um, you know, full of yourself in a sense. The idea to think that, you know, that you are um, worthy enough or at least of able to, to be, to be um, so important that, gosh, I wish I could have saved more people, you know, all right. You know, it's one thing if you were the president, the head of surgery at some major hospital, whatever, but you should have, 
I just find it difficult. I think it's kind of like you're really self-absorbed and you think that, man, I should have saved more people. Um, and that level of, like, self-importance you put on yourself that, you know, doctors call it God complex, whatever they develop after a while because they control life, you know, it's a bad thing. And I don't know if really that would be the the perception you're tracking on of what to be for a supposed blue entity. And maybe it's just because they didn't develop it enough, but I think that that's where I see it. It's, it's too narcissistic to think that that should have been his, his driving force. Because uh, I don't believe his motives were so uh, altruistic. You know, oh, he cared for the other people. I, I don't see it. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Uh, Paul Morado, episode 77. Uh, call you guys back with other notes. Look forward to hearing more on the show. Um, uh, peace out. Okay. Well, first off, he's talking about the indigo, right? Yeah, he's that blue, but he means he means squishy. He means the uh, the EMT guy. I like what he's saying. I I find it a lot more interesting than what we got, but but I I don't really think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Well, we first off, it it only lasted like what two or three pages. What the, the origin? Yeah, the origin of the guy that became squishy. Yeah, and that's the big problem. Like yeah. if if they had spent any more amount of time on him or just just uh, all they did was say, hey, here's a guy. Hey, he's the entity's host now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like, like my, my theory is that, you know, you have to have compassionate thoughts as you're dying, you know, to be a, a host for Squishy, you know, which, which I think is very rare, which also fits with like the whole compassion thing that it is very rare. Um, I mean, it, it is, it's interesting, you know, the, the, the thoughts that, you know, Paul brings up though, is the, the God complex. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that, like, you know, the whole compassion, you know, concept, um, you know, dying for other people's sins or, you know, dying because, you know, <laughs> wanting to save more people, like, it, it is something that, you know, you would expect from a savior type figure, whether or not the person is you know, thinking of the, thinking of it along as like, I want to be worshipped or revered, you know, to actually, you know, make it seem like they have the complex. Like, I don't know if that's happening consciously. I think if they went with what he was saying, it would make it really interesting. Like, they could have played with the moral ambiguity that they, I think they blatantly want to play with, with the, the Indigo tribe since they first introduced them. But... I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to see the character again. Like, like after all the... What was her name? Nicole? After all the build-up they gave us with Nicole for the blue host, for the host for um, uh, Adara, yeah. it seems weird that they would just take that away now. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm partially hoping that some of the... Not the Flash, but that some of the entity hosts get their entities back, so... Maybe we will get more into uh, Squishy Medic's head. <laughs> well, well, I mean, even even aside from you know getting the, the entities back, the fact that they were prime candidates for entities, you know, would make me wonder if maybe they might also be candidates for rings. Well, that's 
Like, I kind of think you can't have one without the other, so why not? <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how if that would work for all of them, but uh, mm-hmm. like for for Adara, like obviously this this girl inspires great hope, and she has great hope. So maybe you know, maybe she would fit as a, a Blue Lantern. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that that would work for Love and the Predator. <laughs> the Blue Lanterns would kind of have to abandon their whole. Let's go one sector at a time, starting with one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there is there is still that blue ring floating around. Oh uh-huh. ho ho. <laughs> so cool. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, we got ten minutes. Let's see here. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the Twitter. website? Twitter. 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 Yes. We, we, we got it. We have a Twitter account thanks to James, and we've actually been you know keeping up with it. Uh, we we have right now you know what we have is uh, once we hit 50, 50 followers on Twitter then we're going to have a Twitter-exclusive contest. Not sure what the prize is going to be yet, but uh, it's going to be something awesome and exclusive that you can only get through this Twitter contest. So we'll make up some kind of -of one-of-a-kind type thing. I think we're going to have to have an intervention with you on these contests. We we have to close out the damn (laughs) core contest. Oh, yeah, the 10th core contest, that will be coming... uh, That'll probably be announced on episode 82. Are we in 81 right now? Yes. All right. That's your deadline, damn it. (laughs) Okay, so yes, number, uh, the the 10th core contest will be announced with 82. Um, Prizes to follow shortly after that. Yes. Oh, and it's worth mentioning, our Twitter account, we got that on Jeff John's birthday, like totally by accident. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Or maybe James planned it perfectly. Oh, that Crafty bastard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's it's definitely worth following. If you don't have a Twitter account, you should probably start one up just for this because, like, anytime we see Green Lantern news, uh, whether it be a press release for action figures or the movie or comics, you know, like a preview for anything, um, we, we link to it right away from Twitter. So you basically just have to follow us. And you're going to get all of your Green Lantern news ASAP, you know, via Twitter. Yeah, so we have the Twitter. And like you were saying, we also have been making some upgrades to the website. There's going to be a major change soon. But until then, we actually have upgraded the gallery to the point where it's now actually worth looking at. Yes, we're very conscious of the fact that for the last two years, our website has just kind of been there. Yes. So so we're uh, we're going to be we're overhauling that sucker. So, yep. so keep checking back every now and then. Meanwhile, look at all my sketches because it took a while to get get everything up there. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, your sketches. Um, I don't think we have all of mine, but we have a bunch of mine. We have a bunch of Chad sketches also. Uh, pictures of uh, my rings, all my Green Lantern rings. Um, my sketches, some random stuff, and also pictures of Green Lantern cosplayers that uh, I've, I've been able to take uh, in the past. Oh, I didn't see those. Yep, brand new. Are we giving them their own section, or is it under... Yeah, it's uh, Awesome Green Lantern Cosplay Folder. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you must have changed it since last night. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yep. Cool. Uh, let's see, what else we got? Um... Still got the Facebook page. 
Yeah, we got that. Oh. Oh, did you see? This will be really quick. Uh, there's another Green Lantern magazine cover. I, as far oh, as I can tell, F. it's called F Magazine. Yeah, F it's, star, 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 star. Yeah, th- three stars. Three stars. So, it's F blank, blank, blank. <laughs> now, this is the first time, this is completely true, this is the first time I'd ever seen or heard of this magazine before, and it's F asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. So my first thought, I swear to God, was, why is Green Lantern on the cover of Fuck Magazine? <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's a good it's a good magazine cover. Twin uh, the thread or something. Okay, some uh, some quick news. Um, Flashpoint, which will be coming down the pike pretty soon. We're not entirely sure if it's renaming the Green Lantern title or just creating a brand new miniseries for three issues. Um, but uh, coming soon, Flashpoint Abin Sir the Green Lantern. Yes, and there's been a. It's, it's some ridiculous, like, there's 15 tie-in minis or something to Flashpoint. Yeah. No creative teams have been announced. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, because it's, it's very, uh, it's very, huh, that's odd that they're doing that kind of thing, giving Ab and Sir a three-issue thing. Yeah, well, I, I think it's awesome, because, you know, hopefully we'll get some answers, you know, for things of, that have happened to Ab and Sir before he died. Yeah. Like, like maybe this is where we'll... Because we're starting to get more on the Indigo tribe, so maybe we'll start seeing uh, some uh, flashback to Tigers. You never know. And uh, congratulations to Dan, because the Green Lantern, Lantern Cast Presents Mosaic podcast has been nominated for a Noisy Award for favorite new single host comic book podcast. Uh, if you'd like to vote for Dan and show your love to the Lantern Cast... Uh, you can submit your vote to Derek at comicbooknoise.com. There's uh, more information on the on the forum for that. This, I think, is proof that there just aren't that many single-host new comic book podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it, what, it, what it means to me is that we have to do a better job so that people nominate us as a, a full podcast next year. Oh, please. The only... I was looking over that list, and the only category the Lantern Cast in general fits is the the first one, like best group podcast or whatever they call it. Yeah. And and like, okay, let's see. Are we up there with CGS? Not 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 quite. Not listen, quite. Listen, <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that we need to win it <laughs> because I don't think that we're better than CGS. Um, CGS is you know they're 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 amazing. They've been doing it for a while. They've got it down pat. Uh, and not to mention their amazing, you know, convention that they have every year. Super show. <laughs> so, like, I don't, I don't expect to win, you know, but it would be awesome to be, you know, to get in the nominations for that. Yeah. Plus, like, this is their final ballot, so I don't know what the ballot looked like before this. So, oh, we know we were on there somewhere. Yes. But we didn't do good enough. Feel bad. Feel bad. No, don't yes. worry. Um, they're doing, did you see this? They're doing a line of Green Lantern children's books. Yes. Now, can you answer me this stupid question? Are these prose or are these comics? I think it's going to be prose with some images. Okay. So that's the one thing. I could not find an article or press release that specified that. But it's going to be, uh, what publisher is doing it? Just says Adventure. So is it, there's a line of books called Adventure. They're doing it. <laughs> and it looks... I think there's more than this, actually. There's only five pictures here. 
but you've got like books about about uh you know <laughs> uh Hal Jordan fighting Dr. Light who they renamed the Light King apparently there's a team up with Saint Walker and the Blue Lanterns uh apparently Hal's going to go up against Tekik that that uh Stell like Sinestro Corps member and he's going to have to fight some vacuums and boosters and stuff <laughs> and just it just goes on from there this this looks really interesting. And the there's at least one person on our Facebook page that's really excited about this because now he can he can read Green Lantern Adventures to his I think it was his younger sibling and, and seems to be playing with the the kind of pre, not quite present day era era of the comic books too because they got Sinestro Corps members and they got they got Blue Lanterns and it's, it, this looks like it's right before Black Knight kind of kind of setting. Um, I think these might be available now. Because I think that actually I think they are on Amazon already. They are, yeah, they're on Amazon.com. They're available now. Uh, Battle of the Blue Lanterns only has one left in stock, actually. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's five of them. They're coming from Stone Arch Books. Oh, that's completely different than last. <laughs> um, oh yeah, their logo is an arch. Oh, and their venture category, I guess. It uh, looks like they're normally twenty five thirty two, but they, if you get them on Amazon, at least they're nineteen twenty four. Well, the Blue Lantern one is five ninety five. Wow, what the hell? So that, the one that's just Guardian over says nineteen twenty four. Oh, and the others are five ninety five. Oh, and oh, the, the the King, the Light King, nineteen twenty four also. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, there's there's another one where he's fighting Evil Star. Also five ninety five. Awesome. Nice. Do we have anything else to announce? Let's see. Uh, we saw some of the... Uh, oh, yeah. We saw some of the stuff that's going to be coming down like for the Green Lantern movie. The toys? Or? Yes, yes. Uh, there's going to be a, a ring coming from NECA that projects the Green Lantern image um, up 50 feet away. Yeah, that ring is like two inches tall off of your finger, though. <laughs> yes, it's very weird looking. But the good news is the uh, No Collection, which has made some awesome, awesome Lord of the Rings and 300 and Harry Potter props and replicas, they're going to not only be making prop replica Green Lantern rings, but also the movie battery. They're making the battery? Yes, they're making like, the battery. Like full-size battery prop. Most likely uh, full-size battery prop. <laughs> I think we can also expect like a, a smaller, um, like a paperweight version also. No, I'm going to use the full-size one as a paperweight. <laughs> of course. God. That's going to be so expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to be about 400 bucks, at least. That's that's interesting. Are you excited by any of the toys that have had images coming out? Um, I'll probably get some of them. I like the idea of constructs that kind of transform into other constructs. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. It's just like an airplane. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to turn into something else. Uh... I think, yeah, I think they all turn into something. Like, I see one's like a gun, and I think it turns into, like, uh, like a scorpion or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's neat, you know, it's it's very clever what they're, what they're doing with these. It's basically like you're getting a, a Green Lantern figure and Transformer. And... Nice. It gives you hope for the movie contracts, too, you know? Yes, yeah, definitely. Oh, and then there's the Green Lantern board game. Yeah, that's, I really wonder about that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll be playing one. Yeah, we will. No matter, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. All you have three guaranteed sales. Yes, we'll be playing that online. Uh, not online. Um, on the air. We'll record it. Yep. 
man. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, quick before we go, quick shout out. Uh, some of my favorite podcasts had milestones in the last month or so. Uh, both the Uncanny X cast and the Waiting for Trade podcast had their 100th episode. And Comic Geek Speak had their 1000th episode. Uh, this is actually the second time in less than a year they've celebrated 1,000 uh, episodes without hitting 2,000 episodes. So you guys figure that one out. <laughs> and last but not least, Teenage Wasteland who's hosted by Alec Barry, who's on the forums as Alexander B., I believe. Uh, that series just wrapped up. It had its final episode this past week as we record this. If you guys have never listened to Teenage Wasteland before or never even heard of it, just go listen to that final episode because his thoughts on on the show, its, it's two-year run and on podcasting in general, he, he has a very... Very interesting perspective on it. And he, there's some stuff in there that I think everybody could stand to have in the back of their minds while they either listen to their favorite podcast or podcast themselves. So so congratulations to all of you guys. Now I have to listen to that podcast. Yes, you do. Hmm. Okie doke. Are we all set? We're all set. Okay, then uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can do so at lanterncast.gmail.com. You can contact any of us singularly at Jim or Dan or Chad or James or Jason at LanternCast.com. Our website is LanternCast.com. There you will find our vastly improved gallery, uh, links to our forum page, links to our Facebook page. Uh, pretty soon we'll have a link to our, our Twitter feed uh, happening on there too. Uh, you can find us on iTunes just for LanternCast. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. And our voicemail number is 206-202-1159. And uh, as you can hear, we're actually starting to uh, play some of those on the air again. Yeah, so if you haven't been doing it because you thought we'd never do it, I'm making him do it now. So you can leave voicemails. <laughs> okay, and uh, I guess uh, oh, we'll have some sort of fun thing to talk about next time. <laughs> yeah. So long, everybody. Good night, and air bunnies. Just had to do it. I demand they listen after dark. <laughs> <laughs> so long, everyone. Bye.